MyMac.com podcast, The Big 4-0. The next generation of radio, it's the MyMac.com podcast. Podcasting from the MyMac.com studios, it's your hosts, Tim Robertson and Chad Perry. Yep, it's our 40th podcast, 4-0. And of course, this is a big one for us, because this is the episode that we say who won the Adobe CS contest. Yep, this is our biggest giveaway for our newest show. (laughs) $1,299 value. The Adobe CS2. From Adobe Systems. And uh, right off the bat, I want to thank Adobe Corporation for all their uh, support doing this. I mean... Podcasting is a relatively new thing, and even though MyMac.com has been publishing for mm-hmm. 10 years, and they've been sending us uh, copies of their programs for years mm-hmm. for review, still, to, for them to give away a, a $1,300 value yeah. on our podcast, is, I think, is really cool, and I mm-hmm. think it really shows that Adobe is a very forward-looking company. Well, I think all of our uh, our, our uh, contest sponsors have all been great about oh, absolutely. Giving, up, giving up hardware, software, uh accessories, whatever, they've all been really great about supporting the podcast, which really kind of surprised me considering how new it is. You know, podcasting is still so, so new. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we haven't played any promos for a while. Yep. Uh, I didn't prepare any before I came here tonight. Mm-hmm. So um, on one of our sojourns out to have a, uh, a, a few-minute break, Yep. Um, and while we put in the commercial and that sort of stuff from our sponsors, maybe we'll look for a new... Um, Promo. Promo to play. And, sure. you know, I, I just like to give a shout out to other podcasters that, not necessarily the big ones either. I like to kind of uh, spotlight a smaller podcast. Mm-hmm. So that'll be something. We've got a lot of stuff on today's show, yep. including, of course, Not Mac News with Chris mm-hmm. Seabold. Yep. We've got uh, the uh, Dashboard Minute with Guy Searle. We're going to be going into our winning information for the contest. And there's a lot of great content on MyMac.com right now. A lot of reviews being posted in the last week. So Yeah, so we'll, we'll get into that in a little bit. It's been a pretty light week for Apple News yeah. um, since our last podcast. There's a little bit, and we'll get into the news from MacMinute.com mm-hmm. first today. And then we'll go into uh, the rest of the show. I should say it right up front. We don't have a particular focus today, but we've got mm-hmm. some really cool things that I think it's pretty cool that we're going to talk about, Yep, including an iPod in my car. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about that. I'm going to talk about a little bit about, well, probably a lot, actually, about making your own DVDs from web content. It mm. sounds kind of lame, but what I did is pretty cool, I think, anyways. No, I don't think it's lame. Yeah, I no. think a lot of people like to be able to interlace some stuff here and there, throw in their own DVDs if yep. they make their own. And, and we'll get into that. And Chad and I have some have a new toy. Yeah. And we'll get into that, too. Okie doke. Uh, let's jump right into the news from MacMinute.com. Your up-to-date Mac news in a minute. Go ahead. You can jump on the first one. Roxio to release Toast 7 on August 31st. Roxio today announced Toast 7, which the company says is the most significant upgrade ever to its Mac CD and DVD burning suite. Toast 7 will be publicly available direct from Roxio starting August 31st and in stores in early September. 
New features in this release include multi-image high-definition slideshows with pan and zoom effects, transitions and background soundtracks, audio DVDs with over 50 hours of Dolby quality music and advanced navigation, and data spanning which allows users to back up large files, folders, and applications across multiple CDs and DVDs. An iLife browser, one-step DivX to DVD, extended video file support, DVD compression, auto disk mounting, and more. Toast 7 carries a suggested retail price of $99.95 and a $20 mail-in rebate will be available on August 31st to current owners of Toast, Jam, Popcorn, The Boombox, iLife, and Mac OS X. Uh, I believe it was Owen Rubin who did a review of The Boombox just a couple weeks ago yes. at MyMac.com, and that's going to be, um, I believe that's part of the Toast 7. And again, it is going to be available August 31st. I love Toast, every version mm-hmm. I've ever used. I've liked it a yep. lot. It's the kind of funny, I got a UPS delivery today overnight mm-hmm. from Roxio. They sent me Toast 7. Oh, or yeah, you copy. They, they sent it to the wrong address, so the UPS guy called me on the phone and go, uh, what's your address again? Because it's this. And I went, no, I'm I'm over here. And he says, mm-hmm. oh, okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, I've got a, it, it's it's the released copy yeah. of Toast 7. It's just pre-box. And, yeah. And it came with a media kit DVD and all that stuff. So, I haven't even cracked it open yet. I'm really mm. looking forward to it. There's some really, really neat They have features. really packed a lot of stuff into this version. Well, the one that really kind of intrigues me is, let me find it here, uh, and data spanning, which allows users to back up large yep. files, folders, and applications across multiple CDs and DVDs. That yeah. sounds like a backup utility. Yeah, and we discussed that in an earlier podcast about some of the problems you'd had previously in your previous job having to do that but with large video files yeah. they would be you know 15 gigabytes and I'd have to literally go in and either compress the whole thing and then you know take those compressed files and break them up or mm-hmm. literally take one file out of here until you get to the size that you want mm-hmm. so I'm really looking forward to this this yeah. this is going to be pretty cool I'm wondering what DB, DVD compression is yeah I was kind of curious about that too and and what are you actually looking at compressing on these things? Yeah, it it sounds like a real neat. Uh, this is going to be something that's going to take me a little bit of time to play with before I can do my review, yeah. and I probably won't do the whole review myself because I know for a fact Owen Rubin, mm-hmm. who also did the Boombox review, yeah. got a copy of Toast Seven as well. So there you go. So you're gonna break up some of the features and split them between the two of you? Yeah, well, because I believe Toast Seven comes with a multitude of programs. Yeah. that you know he might cover the main. Toast program itself. I might look at Jam or Popcorn or I don't know. And, yeah. and it might not just be reviews. I would really like to at mymac.com start some how-to articles. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm actually looking for to add some new writers to our staff who mm-hmm. would be interested in doing how-to. And I'm not talking about very complex stuff mm-hmm. because a lot of the people that come to mymac.com mm-hmm. are newbies. Right. That, that somebody that just start. And I don't use that as a derogatory term. I know a lot of people mm-hmm. do. Um, newbie simply means you're new to the Macintosh mm-hmm. platform or computers in general. And if you are new to the Macintosh pl- pr- uh, platform, you might not know how to do some pretty basic stuff that right. other people just take for granted. And I think we need to have more articles explaining a lot of that. So if there's any yeah. uh, if, if there's any aspiring writers out there... I was going to say, how do they contact yeah, you? Yeah, you know, just send me an email to tim at mymac.com or publisher at mymac.com because... I'm Tim, and I'm the publisher. Yes. And, uh, you know, we'll talk. Okay. Uh, the next news item from MacMinute.com was Mac OS X training 
for Windows user's DVD release. Terry White, best-selling author and president of Mac Group Detroit, which, by the way, I would really like to go up there and visit them sometime. Yeah. We're not too far away. and No. It might make for a real cool podcast to go up to the Mac Group. I think it's the third Wednesday of every month. Mm. So we just missed one. In fact, it's tonight. <laughs> it is tonight. <laughs> which explains why we aren't there right now. Quick, let's go jump in the car. <laughs> Uh, today announced the release of Mac OS X training for Windows users on DVD. This DVD is designed to get Windows switchers, the first and first-time Mac users, up to speed quickly on their new Mac. The DVD starts off with the top ten, top ten things you'll want to know about using a Mac coming from a Windows background. After the basics are covered, the disc goes into more in-depth topics, such as transferring your files from a Windows computer, setting up peripherals, and managing pictures and music. Uh, Mac OS X training for Windows user is priced at thirty four ninety five, and is available now. I think that's kind of goes back to what I was just saying that we would we really do need some more articles on for new Mac users and and here's a well, great DVD yeah. that might get people up and running. Well, which you know, and it makes me think if the Halo effect really is a real deal and appears to be. Oh, absolutely! I can't tell you how many emails I've got over the last month, um, not just because of the mymac.com dot com stuff, but from mm. our podcast. That people are, hey, you know, in fact, I think we read one last week or the week before, uh, listener feedback from somebody saying, hey, you know, I, I just got my Mac, and mm-hmm. this is the first one. I was on the Windows machine. Mm-hmm. So I think that, that the halo effect is definitely out there. Yeah. And I don't think it's just a halo effect, honestly. I think people are simply starting to get fed up with the baloney you have to put up with with Windows XP, and they just want a system that works. Mm-hmm. I mean, unless you're a hardcore hacker, man, you just want to sit down, especially you get home from work, you want to check your email, maybe you want to listen to a little music, maybe a little project that you're doing. You don't want to be dealing with viruses and this spyware yeah. junk that craps up and slows down your whole computer. I said craps up, didn't I? Well, yeah. Crops but... up. <laughs> well. And that's stuff you just well. don't have to worry about on a Mac. Yeah, I don't you, ever you don't worry about to. defending my computer. <laughs> I don't <laughs> even... data. Yeah, yeah. It's, you just know it's secure and it's just going to work. That's not to say Macs don't have problems. Right. You know, I'm, I'm not such a, a Apple fanatic and a Mac fanatic that I have blinders on. I see mm-hmm. the problems that are out there. So, you know, it, it's it just it's a better computer. But, it really you is. know, what it boils down to, would you swap your Mac problems for XP? No, yeah. absolutely not. <laughs> no. They're, they're such a small problem compared to the stuff that you have to deal with on a Windows yeah. machine. It's It's crazy. One last one from the uh, MacMinute.com news. Yep. Apple offers iMac G5 Repair Extension Program. Apple's offering the iMac G5 Repair Extension Program for video and power users. The program applies to first-generation iMac G5 computers that have video or power-related issues as a result of a specific component failure, says Apple. The company says affected systems will exhibit one of the following video or power-related symptoms. Scrambled or distorted video, no video, or no power. The program is available for certain iMac G5 models that were sold between approximately September 2004 and June 2005, featuring 17 and 20-inch displays with 1.6 GHz and 1.8 GHz G5 processors. The serial number ranges are... And then, um, you know, go to Apple's yeah. website and find out if yep. this covers your iMac. That's a, I like it when Apple admits that there's a problem and does something about it, and yeah. extending a repair program is the right step. Yep. No question. We're going to take a quick time out. We're going to listen to Small Dog Electronics. Uh, make sure if you 
or sending a college-age student to school, and you're going to buy a laptop for them. You want to go to Small Dog. Get yep. your $50 gift certificate. Yep, because uh, this is probably, well, when's, when's Labor Day coming up? Uh, next Monday. Not this coming Monday, but the, the following okay, Monday. Okay, so we're going to play this commercial on today's show and then next week's show, mm-hmm. and then that's it. So you yep. guys want to jump on this good deal while you can. Go back to school with a Mac and get $50 for textbooks at Small Dog Electronics. Right now, when you buy selected iBook, iMac, or PowerBook computers, you get a $50 gift certificate for textbooks at Amazon.com. And that's not all. Microsoft is offering a $35 rebate on the 2004 edition of Microsoft Office for students and teachers. Go back to school with a Mac and extra money in your pocket. Shop today at Small Dog Electronics in Waitsfield and online at SmallDog.com. And now, Not Mac News with Chris Siebel. It has been widely reported that Apple has been hiring Sony engineers to assist in the design of an Intel-based Mac laptop. Less reported has been Sony efforts to hire iPod engineers. With the recent introduction of the Sony Beam, the efforts have finally paid off. Unfortunately for Sony, the Bean was being designed by the former Apple engineers as a gag gift for Steve Jobs, a well-known vegetarian. From the Not Mac News Piracy Desk, Apple has asked a French website to remove videos showing OS X running on generic PC hardware. The reason for the legal action was not to discourage ports of OS X for PCs, but rather because the French website did not use iMovie to edit the videos. Not Mac News. Preheat oven to 425 degrees. Lightly grease pan. Bake for 20 to 30 minutes or until desired level of doneness is reached. I'm so very tired. And we're back. Thanks, Chris Siebold and Small Dog. And we're very tired too, Chris, but from entirely different reasons. Yeah. <laughs> well, we've got the big contest winner, and we're not going to string it out any longer. His so. name is George Lawrence Storm from Edmonds, Washington. Congratulations, George. You are the winner of Adobe Creative Suite Premium 2. Mm. This is a $1,299 value. You know, up until this point, whenever we've had a contest, we've read the news, who it is, who won, what they won, and that's it, right? Yeah. Well, you remember last week we were talking about we need to start testing out phone valet. So we could do interviews, yeah. Well, I actually tested it out today. Mm -hmm. I'm a very newbie. I didn't do anything special with this file. The sound quality isn't the greatest because I didn't bother to clean it up Mm -hmm. because basically I'm pretty lazy. Mm Mm-hmm. But I do have the sound file of my calling George and letting him know he won. So let's take a listen to that real quick. Now, this isn't just about, hey, you won. Mm -hmm. It turns out um, George does a lot of stuff for the Macintosh because, um, well, let me also back up and say, uh, you remember the listener, I believe it was Jared, who sent Mm -hmm. us the script to pick a winner. Yep. I used his script. It was absolutely great. So yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Jared. That worked fantastic. It was Thanks, much Jared. better than having to print out 
uh, a couple thousand names and draw them out of a hat. <laughs> it really was. I was like, oh, man, I just clicked it and boom, it did it. Mm-hmm. And that was the winner. And I wanted to make sure that it actually was random. So I ran it two more times and it came up with two different winners both times. Well, so we know. But the first winner, the first one it picked, right. it was uh, George Storm. So, But at the bottom of his email, I saw it said Macintosh Applications Development. Mm-hmm. And I asked him a little bit about that. And it turns out. That meant a lot more, and what he does is a lot more than I thought. So mm-hmm. let's listen to uh, a kind of a short, and again, excuse the uh, fidelity of mm-hmm. this. It's it's a telephone conversation, and it and it sounds like you're listening to both ends of the telephone conversation. It doesn't sound like I'm really clear and he's on a phone. Yeah. We're both on the phone. So let's listen to that real quick. Okay, George. Uh, I just wanted to call you and congratulate you. You are our winner for the Adobe CS2 contest that we've been running for the past two weeks. Oh, fantastic. So uh, uh, together with Adobe, as you know, we've been giving away a copy of uh, Adobe uh, Creative Suite 2. It's worth uh, $1,299. And uh, we randomly drew a winner this morning, and you were it. Wow. Hey, great. Thank you. I see from your... um, your email message, part of your signature, says Macintosh Applications Development. Yes. What is that, if you don't mind my asking? I write Macintosh applications. Wow, that's cool. (laughs) (laughs) Well, maybe the Adobe Creative Suite, too, will help in in some respects. (laughs) I don't know how, but maybe it can create some uh, neat graphics for you. Well, I do do use, uh, occasionally use some old Photoshop... uh, for my icons and for my backgrounds, and I also do videography work. Ah. So I use it uh, for that occasionally as well. Great. Um, I'm using fairly old versions right at the moment. So. Well, you're going to be using the most up-to-date version and probably within a week. Uh, well, I've already contacted great. Adobe, and they've got your contact information, so they will be sending that out to you ASAP. Great. Well, congratulations. Okay, and... Uh, in, ad- in addition, uh, it, when you're done recording, you, I have another thing for you as well. Sure. Hold on one second. Let me get this sure. recording. And uh, thanks. Okay, then. And as I said, it's not the greatest recording in the world. Um, it's probably not the fault of the software. Again, mm-hmm. I didn't do anything with it. Right. So it's just a telephone conversation. We went off. I stopped recording at this point, and... Uh, and George and I had a really good conversation, he started talking about what else he's doing. And some of it, really, we couldn't release the information yet. But some of it we can. Mm. So um, I asked, can we start? Can we record some of this again? And we did. And so let's jump back into my conversation with George, kind of an impromptu interview. And I really wasn't prepared. I should also preface this by saying um, this was, oh... 11 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, somewhere around there. Yeah. My daughter had finished her lunch already. Mm-hmm. I guess it was closer to 11.30. Uh, she had finished her lunch already, and she was ready to get out of her booster chair. Mm-hmm. So I have a two-year-old in the background, and you will hear her. <laughs> this is one of the reasons that I don't do podcasting usually during the day. Yeah. Because when you have a two-year-old, you can't, you know, guarantee quietness. Yeah. And you kind of need that sometimes. So, um, so... Again, you're going to hear my daughter in the background. You might hear some noises. I haven't listened to the whole thing myself back. Um, I don't really remember what I was doing while he was talking and I was asking questions. It was no fault of of uh, George Storms at all. It's completely my fault because I really wasn't prepared to do an interview. Mm-hmm. I didn't prepare any information on my part, so it was all coming to me right then. 
and I'm trying to deal with a two-year-old at the same mm-hmm. time. So keep that in mind. Now, now that we've talked all the, about all the secrets while the, the recording was off, yes. Uh, <laughs> the uh, Seattle X Coder, one of the uh, groups that I, I helped found recently, was Seattle X Coders, and Seattle X Coders has since kind of become part of the Seattle Debug Group. Uh, we are Seattle's Cocoa Programming SIG, and we do more than just Cocoa. Uh, and we meet on the second and fourth Thursday of the month at the Seattle Debug Headquarters. Uh, we just finished going through the uh, Hildegast Cocoa book, and we'll be doing a segment on printing at our upcoming meeting. And we welcome anyone who is either a uh, programmer or want-to-be Macintosh programmer to come join us, and we'll help you uh, either continue in your work or get started in programming the Macintosh. And where can uh, they go to get some more information online? Okay, well, we uh, we don't have an official site per se, <laughs> but we do have is a Yahoo discussion group. Uh-huh. And if you go to Yahoo group and look for Xcoder, X-C-O-D-E-R, uh, we, uh, you know, we're in there. Come join us in our discussions. And we do have a listing of the meeting on the uh, the main page. Cool. It sounds like a really fun thing to do. It's yep. probably way over my head, but that goes without saying. Most things are, I think. <laughs> well, it, it, it is more technical. However, we have, as a group, uh, in the past offered, and we will again, intro, introduction to Macintosh programming uh, class. And we will... Probably have another one. I haven't got sat down with the guys to do that again, but it probably is about time to do that again. Are you guys uh, going to do anything with MacHack? Any well, affiliation there, or? Oh, you, you you spread the secret from our last one. Well, well, with MacHack, but um, we we will support them. Uh, I just came back from the ad hoc MacHack conference and um, was working with a small company called Perfectly Scientific. Uh, in their VTOP board, and VTOP board project came in first and third in the conference. Uh, the third place was My Robot, uh-huh. uh, which is a Mac Mini based robot, and probably, although I haven't been able to prove this out yet, probably the most computationally intensive robot that's ever been built. Uh, the uh, form factor of the Mac Mini with its processing power allowed me to make a very nice small robot. It uh, it's kind of dumb right now. Is uh, you, you uh, we were talking earlier about children. Well, yep. my, my child went and, uh, when I was supposed to follow me down the aisle. It did that for the most part, but it kept running off to other people when they saw little pieces of green, which it wasn't supposed to. Uh, so uh, I'm working with that, and I invite anybody who may have some uh, some interest in doing artificial intelligence or video recognition work to uh, contact me. You can contact me through the Xcoders list. And uh, I will even provide that robot to, I'm trying to find a school somewhere who wants to do some intense AI or uh, video work for a semester so I can help educate my robot and make it really smart. So how big is the robot? Um, it's about the size of a Mac Plus case. Uh-huh. Uh, it's, uh, it has two wheels in the front, uh, an eyesight camera in the front of it, and a little tail dragger wheel. 
Uh, right now, it's designed to go on carpet. Um, however, I'm, I, I might build the wheels up a little bit. There's a uh, contest here in Seattle, the Robothon, and I'm thinking about having making it so it can go on the grass. Well, you definitely probably take some uh, good wheels to do that, I would imagine. Yeah, well, that, that's that's a that's a mechanical thing. Mechanical things are easy. <laughs> now, for some people. <laughs> yeah. Well, I appreciate your time. Well, and, thank uh, you, and thank you very much for the. Uh, for the <laughs> that was the best thing I've won in a long time. <laughs> well, we, we love giving stuff away, especially to those deserving of an award. <laughs> so, congratulations again. Thank you. It makes up for my not getting second second place while I was at Ad Hoc as well. There you go. <laughs> so, thank you much. So, that was uh, George Storm. And, again, you could hear my daughter in the background going, Daddy. And, you know, yeah. um, a, a little bit more noise in the background than I, I would normally have in, in an interview like right. that. But, again, this was kind of spur of the moment. Wasn't really expecting it. Mm-hmm. There's a loud car going by outside. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> so I'm going to go give him 30 bucks and go buy a new muffler. Um, so that's a, that was a great contest. I, I really enjoyed yep. it. Yep. Uh, I had a lot of participation. And I'd love to do something with Adobe again in the future. We'll see what happens. And uh, again, listen to MyMac.com for the future of giveaways. Oh, yeah. We love having contests. I'm sure we'll have another one soon. Yep. Probably not this week. In fact, I know for a fact we won't because I don't have anything to give away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and probably not next week either. Yeah. But again, we'll have some more contests in the future. One of the things that uh, Chad and I was going to speak about today, Let's. See. do you want to go into listener feedback first? Yeah, let's go to the feedback first. Sounds great. Or unless you want to jump into a Guy Searle uh, Dashboard Minute. No, we're going to do the Dashboard Minute after our r- listener feedback All and right. before our focus segments today. Okay. Go ahead. First one we've got is... It's from Frank. From Frank. Let yep. me see if I can find Frank's feedback. you got to go one more page. There it is. There we go. Thank you for your great show. I've been one of your most faithful listeners for the last couple of months. I switched to the Mac platform a year ago, and I was given an iBook at work. You cannot imagine my fascination when I saw a Mac for the first time. I remember I just kept looking at the screen for about two hours, and I was unable to work for the whole day. I was fascinated by the graphics, the logic of the operating system, its reactivity, richness, and beauty. After having been a Windows user for more than 20 years, I felt like waking up to life. Needless to say, it took me just two days to make up my mind. I'm not saying it was a difficult decision, and I purchased my own PowerBook 15-inch. I have to say I do not want to look back. My only regret is not to have opened my eyes before. I feel like I've wasted years of my life patching and updating my antivirus. This week, I had to switch on my desktop PC to, to do some work for my university, custom program that does not run on the Mac, and what a nightmare I had to endure. After hours of trying to find out why the machine was hanging, refusing to start, and even refusing to turn off, I simply lost it. I guess I have to blame Apple for my new lack of patience when it comes to Windows. But I did what I thought was unthinkable. I kicked the machine and threw it into the bin. (laughs) I should have done that a long time ago. You cannot imagine how much money I have put into repairs. If I put together all the money I have spent on antivirus, updates, replacement of a hard disk, fan, DVD drive, I think I could have afforded five five iBooks easily. Well, just my two switch cents. <laughs> you mentioned today that you could send some invites for Gmail. I hate asking for favors, but if you happen to have a spare invite, I would really appreciate it. Great show, and I am really looking forward to the next one. Kind regards, Frank. 
and we're taking a minute real quick to button things down. Got a little outside noise again. Yeah, that happens occasionally. We we let Chad's dog stay in here, and she started barking right <laughs> when you started into that, and yeah. then we get some loud noises outside, so I went and touched or uh, closed the windows. That was a great letter. Thank you, Frank. Yes, thank uh, you very much, Frank. I, I love reading and sharing those. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hear more and more and more about people switching to the Macintosh. It's not, it, 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 I'm happy for people because I, I remember when I got onto the Macintosh at the beginning and mm-hmm. how easy it was to use compared to everything else out there. Yeah. So, uh, welcome to the fold, Frank. Yep, we got another one here. Let me. This is from oh Jared. Cool. Ha ha. Uh, the past two weeks, I've noticed an audio problem with your podcast. It started last week when I thought my headphones were going bad, but this week the same thing happened and the sound is reproducible. In your last episode, 39, go to time 5648 and listen for a weird rumble. This sound happens a few times in your last two podcasts, and every time this happens, it makes my eyes water. <laughs> I'm wearing headphones that fully cover my ears, thus when I simply listen to the podcast through the laptop speakers... The problem isn't bad. Thought you would want to know. And I do appreciate it. Yep. Um, it's caused by two things. Sometimes I will move a microphone or I'll yep. accidentally hit it with a piece of paper. Mm-hmm. That's number one. And that's just sloppiness on my part. And number two is when you convert a file to MP3, sometimes you do get uh, artifacts, um, yeah. audio artifacts that creep in, and there's really nothing you can do about those. I will try not to hit the microphone or mm-hmm. uh, anything like that. We are using a mic stand now, yep. which we weren't using before. And you may even hear a difference in the sound quality of this podcast mm-hmm. for our voice compared to before. Before, we had two microphones. One, They sat right next to each other, but you can definitely hear a left and a right. Mm-hmm. And the reason for that was two microphones. Right. We've gone to one microphone, just the one M-Audio Nova Class A-FET microphone, going into the M-Audio Mobile Pre USB, but we're splitting the microphone from one to two. Yep. And it was a custom cable that I had made here in Battle Creek at Caledon's Audio, and they did a great job. It's really working well. But this way, it sounds like we're, when I say we, I mean you and I, Chad, sitting more in the same vicinity rather than this huge room that it sounds like with two microphones. And the other nice thing is that we've got just one microphone on one stand now so we can move it further away from the keyboard in the work area so when we do have to reach for the keyboard to get somewhere we're not going to bump stuff yeah exactly um and it it was getting a little bit cluttered in here yeah and so hopefully with the one microphone setup um it's going to work better it'll just sound better so we'll mm-hmm. see go ahead next we've got uh Peter, he said, thanks for posting the Alchemy Review. Living in the UK, it's good news to see the card handles both NTSC and PAL. But do you have time for a quick question? Let's, before we go on, let me yep. back up and explain. Uh, on Tuesday of this week, I posted my review of the Alchemy TV slash DVR PCI card. It allows you to watch TV on your Macintosh, set up uh, scheduled recordings, Mm-hmm. It's a really nice card. Just go up to MyMac.com and read my review of the Alchemy card. I'll go into a little bit more information here in a few minutes on yep. that. Um, but that's what he's talking about here. So he goes on to write, My wife wants to capture video frames, play a VHS tape into the Mac, freeze a frame on screen, and capture that frame. Point is, she wants to freeze the frame using the application, not by pausing the VCR. 
In other words, the video will still be playing merrily away with the frozen frame showing on the screen. If that makes sense, the question is, does the card come with or do you know of any software which would work in conjunction with the Alchemy card to do this? Uh, the answer is no. Mm. Um, while you can pause it, it has to be a pre-recorded video. You can't pause live recording with the Alchemy DVR card. So it's not really a TiVo. It's more of a digital VCR more than anything else mm -hmm. that can do scheduled recordings. Um, I found the card, um, the main thing I used it for, I mean, I, I watch TV with it, but quite honestly, if I want to watch TV, I'll go watch HD TV in the front room. Yeah. It'll look a little bit better. Mm -hmm. um, but, I mean, I have a nice monitor, and I, and I got a nice system. Yep. But I don't want to watch TV in front of my Mac. A lot of people do, especially if you're in college and you got your, say, 20-inch uh, iMac sitting there. This, of course, wouldn't work because it's PCI, but they do have USB or FireWire solutions that do the same thing. Yeah. Um, it's really nice. But what I did with it is a niece of mine said, hey, uh, we recorded this church session. I guess somebody special came in and did the church service for her that week. Mm -hmm. Well, not for her, but for her church. Yeah. And she wanted to convert that to a couple DVDs to give to some people in her congregation. Mm -hmm. And I said, yeah, sure, no problem. And, of course, it sat on my desk for, I don't know, six, seven weeks, and I never touched it. Mm -hmm. The reason I never touched it because it's such a pain in the butt. I have to hook up a VCR, and then from the VCR I have to go into my Canon GL2. Mm -hmm. And then from the Canon GL2 I have to go into the Mac. And then I have to launch iMovie. And then I have to set the Canon GL2 to act as a bypass. So when I hit play on the VCR, it converts it at the camcorder into a digital file. Mm -hmm. It's not recording on the camcorder. It's just acting like a bridge. Right. And then it goes into iMovie. And then I record it there. And it's just such a big pain in the butt. There's a whole bunch of wires you got to string all together. Mm -hmm. And it's just, I wasn't looking forward to doing it. And as you know, I get a lot of stuff sent in for review. And I've got a lot right. of them, my own equipment. I just don't have a whole lot of room. Mm -hmm. So to to drag all this stuff out and hook it all up is really, really a pain. Thankfully, with the G5, at least the FireWire port is on the front. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um, as I was doing my review and my uh, looking at this uh, Alchemy product, I thought, well, wait a minute. I can This this will let me record when I come in through um, the VCR. VCR. Yeah. So I just plugged the VCR directly into the card. Hit play and boom, there it is. It showed up in the, my picture window, I, and Excellent. I set the codec for uh, highest quality, mm -hmm. and I just recorded it. And then I dragged that file directly to iDVD, and burned a couple copies, and it worked great. I mean, it was fantastic. fantastic. It cut out half of the time it would have taken. Sure. And I, I loved it. It was like this is this is fantastic. Mm -hmm. So if for no other reason, it was it was worth the hundred forty nine bucks to me. Yeah. Um. So. But to answer Peter's question, no, it, it doesn't do that, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. uh, I would suggest if she wants to do that, just go ahead and record everything as it comes in. Mm -hmm. And then go back and, and pause and freeze frame and grab the pictures that you want. Yeah. I know that wasn't the solutions he's looking for, but right. it's the best I can offer him at the moment. And if there mm -hmm. are hardware or software solutions that do what you're looking for, I'm unaware of it. Mm. So, there's that. Uh, da -da 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 -da. One last one. This one, uh, I got an email a while back from Glenn Woolsey, mm -hmm. and I believe at the time, I, I might be getting the age incorrectly, but I don't think so. Mm -hmm. uh, he was, he, he, he sent me an email saying, I'm going to launch a new website called Macs and Pods, 
M-A-C-S-N-P-O-D-S. Mm-hmm. Pretty obvious what that's, right. you know, Max and Pods. Mm-hmm. Um, and he wanted me to look at it, and uh, the thing was, he's 13 years old. And wow. I thought, wow, he's 13 years old, starting mm-hmm. his own site. So I went and looked, and I thought, wow, that's pretty good. And mm-hmm. I, I believe I told him, let me know when you go live on that. I'll mention it on the podcast. Well, I mm-hmm. get an email today, and it says... It's Glenn again from MaxandPods.com. You said when we had finished the site, you would give us a shout-out on the podcast. If you could do more than a shout-out, maybe someday... Or Or maybe say some cool things about the site to get people to have a look. We could get you a link in the main site. Uh, Would you be able to have it for podcast number 40? Uh, No. No? (laughs) Smart ass. I'm not going to mention it. No? No. 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 (laughs) Not going to do it. (laughs) I'm not going to tell people to go to uh, maxandpods.com. I'm not, I'm not going to tell them that. We're not even going to post a link in the show notes? Oh, yeah, I'll do that. But oh, I'm not okay. going to mention it during the show. Oh, okay. I mean, you know, that's free advertising. Why would I want to do that? Well, you know, might support somebody new who's doing something new in the Macintosh community, or at least his own thing. Just because he has a cool URL like maxandpods.com? Well, my mac.com was taken. Yeah, that's true. So, the answer to your question, no, I won't mention maxandpods.com during the podcast. Because that's just the way I roll. <laughs> Let's listen to a dashboard minute from Guy real quick, and we'll be right back with our feature segment. You're listening to the Dashboard Minute, exclusively on the MyMac.com Welcome everyone, I'm Guy Searle, and once again, this is the Dashboard Minute. I found a really great widget out there for game lovers, but the website it came from is currently out of order. It's called I Am Pathfinder, all one word, and it's an updated version of the old Asteroids game. Better graphics, color, and sound make this one a real keeper. Most other sites that the game is available from link back to the currently unoperable imagery media site, but one place that I found had an active download was a dashboardwidgets.com. So if you're interested in this game, this is one of the few places to still get it. It weighs in at a hefty for widgets 1.2 megs and is free of charge. One of the Mac's longtime shareware makers has been Ambrosia Software. Besides great games and neat utilities, they have made a widget that fills a niche in many ways you may not realize you need until you try to create one. What niche am I talking about? Printed envelopes, of course. Envelope creation and setup is never as easy or as straightforward as printer makers or paper suppliers would like us to think, so Ambrosia created a widget that is very simple to use. It's called Easy Envelopes, and it helps you create envelopes of various shapes and sizes. The best part of this widget isn't the price, which is free. It's the integration between Easy Envelope and your Mac's address book. It automatically finds your home address and puts that in the return address section of the envelope. Just find the name of the person the envelope is to be sent to in your address book and it adds that as well. What if the person you need to send it to isn't in your Mac's address book program? No problem, just add it manually. The program also allows you to change fonts and font sizes, make the letters bold, add and underline all the usual simple text tricks. To find this program, just go to the Ambrosia software site at ambrosiasw.com. This is a very slick little program. It has my highest recommendation, and I'm not even making them pay me for it. 
Darn it, Seabold, if I'd known you were going to let the cat out of the bag about my C-note compensation, I never would have told you. If you know of any great widgets not yet mentioned, or if you have a widget you'd like me to review, send me email to dbminute at gmail.com. Cash and certified checks are acceptable as well as money orders. Just kidding, folks. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next week right here at the Dashboard Minute. And thanks to Guy Sorrell for the Dashboard Minute. I, I, I love that segment because I learned all these new dashboard mm-hmm. widgets. I got an email today, and I actually forwarded it to Guy. He might talk about it on the next Dashboard wi- Widget. And I hate to step on his toes, but it was for Ask Jeeves. Mm-hmm. I, didn't, I didn't get any specifics. I just saw what it was. I forwarded yeah. it to DB Mail at or dbminute at gmail.com. Yeah. Um, it looked pretty cool, though, so mm. maybe Guy will look at that in the future. Cool. Uh, go ahead. So we're moving on to our focus segment. Yeah. We've got uh, the first topic is video. Make your own DVDs from web content, as well as expanding yep. upon your review of the uh, alchemy. So yep. what do you got? And I, I kind of already did the alchemy thing. Uh, one of the things I did want to talk about, though, mm. is uh, a lot of people that live in dorms and stuff like I was saying has very limited space. Yeah. So if you have the Alchemy DVD, DVR card in there that supports multiple uh, inputs, mm-hmm. you can actually hook up like a PS2 or an Xbox. You can play your video games on your Mac. Really? Yeah. Well, it's just a video yeah, signal. Sure. Yeah. You, know? you, you can hook up your DVD player if you wanted to, although you know most Macs have a DVD player, yeah. so you don't really need to do that. But you could. I yep. mean, there's there's no there's nothing saying you can't. Mm-hmm. Um it's it's just really neat, but again, I, I transferred uh, my niece's church thing and made DVDs, and it was mm-hmm. just basically a two-step process. You know, I, I imported the video in, and then I dragged that video file into iDVD, and boom, there's a DVD. Mm-hmm. Well, what about other stuff that you might want to have on DVD? For instance, I've been following um, um, the Superman and the King Kong websites. Uh-huh. Superman is uh, the new Superman movie that comes out next next year. It's at bluetights.net. <laughs> and uh <laughs> and and it's it's basically video diaries that they videotape on the set. Yeah. And it's really interesting behind the scenes type of, you know, sometimes they might show um how they created this certain set. They might show you how they're making Superman fly with the new rig. Mm-hmm. How he can basically do 360 degree motions in the air now. Mm. It's just really neat stuff, and it's the kind of stuff that you would see on the extras of a DVD disc. You mm-hmm. know, a two disc set, disc two is all these extras. Well, a lot of those extras is stuff that they filmed for the website, and of course, this is all promotion for before the movie comes out. Mm-hmm. It gets people excited. But uh, at the moment, with at least the Superman, the BlueTights.net video, uh, there's 22 of them. Wow. And the and the full size video is 480 by 270, so it's not a huge big file. Yeah, and they average between 10 to 20 megabytes each. Mm-hmm. But I didn't want to just watch them on my computer. Number one, my butt falls asleep if I sit there in my chair too long <laughs> in front of the computer. And, uh, and again, I got a 23 inch flat panel cinema yeah. display. It's a good monitor, mm-hmm. but I'd rather sit on the nice comfy couch. I mean, right. my couch is less than a year old, which is made for extended sitting. So. Exactly with the remote that I could pause. Yeah. So I thought, wouldn't it be nice if this was all on DVD already? Then I went ding 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 ding. Mm-hmm. Well, I can do that. So all I did was uh, let me check my okay. We're at 42 minutes. We're still good. So what I did was I downloaded every single one of these movies. Uh, I believe they were... I want to say they were move files. Yeah. But they might have been... 
Now there's an airplane flying over. Yeah, we can't win today, but uh, can't we need to win. keep the windows open. Yeah. Uh, it's too hot in here if we close the windows. Uh, I downloaded them all. I, you know what? I think it was MPEG. Yeah. It was a QuickTime file. Mm-hmm. So I downloaded them, put all these movies into one folder, and then I dragged all these movies into iMovie. Mm. All these video files into iMovie. And, of course, it had to convert them. I did the same thing with the King Kong. It's, uh, let me find the URL. Kongisking.net. And this, uh, he had... It was well over a hundred of these videos, and it's absolutely. It started with day one of filming, mm. and now I think they're in like a week. I don't know, eighteen of post production. Yeah, and they come out this year, like Christmas time. Yeah, that's what I thought was a Christmas release for that. And uh, and this, they I haven't seen them all, but I've watched enough to think, wow, these are just fantastic little short videos. Mm-hmm. I would love to watch them all, boom, right in a row. So I downloaded all those as well. Obviously, it was a downloading. Marathon right. on Tim's uh, <laughs> cable modem, but it it took me probably to download all the Superman and all the King Kong videos. It probably took me on a high speed connection about four hours, yeah. and that was basically, and I keep saying basically, uh, clicking the link and saving it to disk, not opening up the video file in my web browser. It's right. downloading that link directly to a folder, although. That worked with KongIsKing.net. It didn't work with BlueTights.net. Hmm. Theirs opened up a new window. It wasn't a direct link to the movie file, which I hated. Yeah. So that one did. I had to open up every single, Oof. and then I had to save that movie as. But mm-hmm. it worked, and it was only 22 of those. If yeah. it was as many as the King Kong videos, there's just no way I would have just said, forget it. Mm-hmm. So once I get all those files downloaded, and I want to bring them all into iMovie, well, it has to convert them. That actually took more time to convert those video files than it did downloading them. So it was an all-night project, especially with the King Kong, because it was a, oh, so imagine. many of them. <clears throat> These videos are posted up in 16 by 9 ratio. Mm-hmm. So when I started a new movie project in iMovie, I went DVD, 16 by 9 widescreen format. So the screen was already in the, the correct format for right. those videos. It didn't have to crop them or smush them or anything like that. And once they were all imported, it looks fantastic in iMovie. I mean, really? it just looked great. Now, obviously, these are small video files compared to, you know, like DVD or even over-the-air broadcast. So it's yeah. not going to look that great on my TV. Mm-hmm. And I was still kind of curious, well, I wonder what it's going to look like. And it might look like crap, but it might look pretty good. Uh, once I had them all into iMovie, and I'll just concentrate right now on the Superman because they all fit on one DVD. Mm-hmm. I went in with iMovie, and I put in chapter markers between each video. So those 22... Videos that means I had to go in between each segment mm-hmm. and put the chapter marker. So if I'm sitting there watching it at home, I can hit the next button on my remote and it'll just jump to the next episode. Yeah. So chapter markers in iMovie makes it a lot easier of a project. Once I did that, I exported the entire video over to uh, iDVD. Mm-hmm. And I just used the standard iDVD, one of their themes, I don't remember which one it was. I created my own little Superman, um, what, I, what do you want to call it, the... The, pit, the, the logo. Yeah, well, the logo, but, uh, you know, when you put in a DVD and you can hear press this to yeah. play the movie or press this, the main screen. Mm-hmm. Right. It had the Superman logo, and I also downloaded the John Williams Superman theme. Mm-hmm. Dun, 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 dun. And so mm-hmm. that plays over as you're looking at the little previews before you make your selection. Mm-hmm. And one of them, of course, is Play Movie, and that will play all 22 episodes in a row. And there's another one that says uh, Index, mm-hmm. Episode Index. And on each Index page, there's six listings for each one of the segments. 
mm-hmm. and I just did the same backdrop for each one. Did that, took maybe 20 minutes tops. Burn DVD uh, two hours later, I have my Superman DVD. Mm-hmm. I did the exact same thing with King Kong, except with King Kong it took three DVDs. Mm. So I basically had to do it three times. I yeah. imported them all into the same project in iMovie. Right. But then once I was done with the first video, two hours long, I went back to iMovie, deleted those files, and dragged the next ones oh, in. Oh, I see. So it took a while to do King Kong, but yeah. that's simply because there's so much. The big question, how does it look on my TV? Yeah, that's what I'm wondering, because I, I know I, you have the DVD that will... Well, I've got the DVD player that will up-convert to high def, but I turned right. that off for this because mm. there's no sense in, in up-converting right. a 480 by right. 270. Yeah. yeah, that would... It, it, it looked okay. Mm. I don't want to say it looked great, because it didn't look great. It looked okay. It was very watchable. The sound quality was fine, and for what it was, it's, I'm not watching the, I'm not watching the movies of King Kong and all that. I also mm-hmm. put the King Kong trailer on there too. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I don't want to say again. It, it didn't look great, but it looked pretty good, and I was quite proud of myself for for thinking of this and watching them from the comfort of my couch. I mean, how much does a blank DVD cost now? <sighs> Less than a buck. Yep. Like fifty cents, if that nowadays. Mm-hmm. So for. Maybe four bucks tops. And that's saying if each blank DVD cost me 50 cents. For four bucks, and probably a good eight hours worth of work all told, that's downloading, that's editing the video, that's everything. Yep. I've got uh, my own extras DVD now of Superman and three extra DVDs of King Kong. Cool. Pretty neat project, I thought. Oh, I think so. And it worked great. And, uh, you know, anybody can do this if you have iMovie. And mm-hmm. obviously, you definitely want a high-speed connection because if you try to download these off of your modem, skip it. Ugh, it would just be. That's an all-night project right there. <laughs> uh, go ahead. What do we got up there next? Uh, the next we've got. Uh... Let's talk about the PSPs first. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I surprised Chad last week. Yep. And uh, I won't get into the details about that, but suffice it to say, Chad and I both got. A PlayStation Portable. Unbelievable. He wasn't machine. expecting it. No. And I kind of surprised him. I, we got uh, three games. What are the three games that we got? We got uh, Ridge Racer. We got uh, Ape Escape. Which I don't c- care for much, but I think That's, my kids will the like. kids will like it, yeah. And then we've got Twisted Metal Head On. Um, first, let's just talk about the PSP itself. We've got, got both of our PSPs here. Yep. I bought, you're using the little slip case that came with the PSP. Mm-hmm. I went and bought this Logitech clear plastic That's nice. Case, and the it, high impact case. Yeah, right? and it's, I really like it. Yeah. You can actually play the PSP while it was in this case. I didn't realize that, but I can actually play it while it was in this case. Oh, that's handy. Um, I bet it's a little more comfortable, too. Well, here, you want to hold it? See, check it yeah, out? Yeah, yeah. I'll try it out real quick. Uh, one of the it things. It probably is a little bit more comfortable because I tend to like grip the PSP <coughs> a little. Yes. With my big, fat, meaty hands. So. <laughs> I, I kind of like the slipcase because it might actually clean your screen a little bit when you pull yeah. it out. Uh, I did buy a screen protector for it. I just haven't put it on there. Mm. I've heard that these can scratch pretty easily. Mm. And this is a $250 level mm. game system yeah. here. And it's not just a game system. That's just it. I mean, it's so much more. Yep. Um, as, as impressed as I am with the iPod, and I think it's a great product, don't get me wrong, uh, and it and the iPod really doesn't even fall into the same class as the product type as the PSP. No, but I think if anything, the PSP tried to squeeze into the iPod. Oh, class yeah, a little it, bit. absolutely, and it didn't succeed. Yeah, as a music player, this this thing blows next to the iPod. Have you tried to play any music on it or not? No, 
but I, I've read too much on it. Yeah. Um, it's not a music player, they, and I think mm-hmm. they should have probably skipped that aspect of it because it, it can't touch the iPod. But for everything else, the PSP is simply a beautiful, beautiful machine. Yes, I think is. Sony got it right. The screen, uh, you remember last week and the week before I was talking about the Nintendo DS that I got. Right, and we did actually talk about it a little bit on the podcast yep. and, and played a little bit with it. And uh, that's a nice little machine, don't get me yes. wrong. And that the price just dropped 129 bucks. Mm-hmm. That really kind of ticked me off. I just spent 149 bucks, and now it's 129 bucks. <laughs> but I'm not going to complain because the kids are just absolutely having a blast with it. Yeah. Um, I'm going to turn the PSP on. I don't know. Does it make sound when oh, it yeah. starts up? I've got my volume way down. Oh, look. See there. See how mine's different looking? Yeah, right. <laughs> no, it is. Really. Right. I the, the thing is, I've upgraded the software to 2.0. Mm-hmm. And yours is still at 1.5. So I can actually have different themes and stuff like that with mm. the PSP. Anyways, oh, it's going to start that game, and I don't want that to start. Um, I, the screen, compared to the DS on the PSP, is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. The 16 by 9 aspect ratio of the screen and the clarity of the video is... is just amazing. Well, the first game I played and the first game Chad played was... Ridge uh, Racer. Ridge Wa- Wow. Did that just blow you away or what? Yeah, the opening graphics on there just are so nice. It's actually worth sitting through and watching them every time you it's jaw drop the disc in. Oh yeah, it's fantastic! It's just, wow. And uh, Chad and I uh, actually played our first game head to head in Ridge Racer mm-hmm. today before we started the podcast. We're like, okay, we got to get this one game in before we yep. do. The- well, we wanted to tr- test the uh, wireless aspect. Worked of the machine. great. Oh yeah, it worked really good. Seamless. Yeah. And in uh, whew. I'm just really impressed with the PSP. Yeah. We won't tell anybody what happened during the race, but... <laughs> well... I, okay, I'll tell. Yeah. I beat Chad by five hundredths of a second. That's it like... It was close. Tim Chad. <laughs> Tim Chad. Tim Chad. Tim. Tim Chad. Tim. Tim Chad. That, that well, fast. I was hosting the race, and I was just trying to be a good host, so... <laughs> and we're in your house. <laughs> so there you go. Um, we'll talk more about the PSP if you guys are interested. Uh, it is Mac compatible. You can... It, it, you can plug it in with the Mac and yeah. do all kinds of stuff. So, Oh, by the way, because I upgraded the, two, the 2.0, it comes with a web browser now. Mm-hmm. I actually connected to my home network at home. That's how I upgraded it, obviously. Mm-hmm. Launched the web browser and launched MyMac.com in the web browser on the PSP. It looks surprisingly good. I mean, obviously, it scales everything, mm-hmm. and you have to down. go to the yeah. left and right to see the whole website. But mm-hmm. it actually worked. I was quite pleased. Mm. Uh, the next thing is, and this is going to be the last thing we talk about today because we're at 54 minutes already. Yep. The JVC KD-G510 car stereo. Yep. Uh, I've been using a Clarion car stereo in my Pontiac for, well, since since I've had the Pontiac. That was your first major purchase for the car, yeah. Yeah, Well, no, actually, that came came out of my Suburban. Oh, that's right. My Clarion deck was in my Suburban, Mm -hmm. and I spent, oh, 350 bucks for that stereo. Yeah. And it was really nice for the time, Mm -hmm. and it's it's done me right up until this week. But the problem was it had no inputs. There's Mm -hmm. no way I could plug in an external audio source to it. I.e.? iPod. Right. And... I have been using an FM transmitter since the second generation iPod to listen to in my car. Mm-hmm. And while that works, and it sounds okay, 
I know what my music is supposed to sound like. And right. I just wasn't happy. I wanted a direct connection. But I didn't want to get an Alpine deck and spend another 100 bucks just for the, the iPod connection kit. Mm-hmm. All I really wanted was a deck that had an audio input on the front of the unit. I didn't mm-hmm. want to have any wires run behind my deck and then hanging down by the floor. Yeah. Or I didn't want to drill any holes to add a mini jack. I just wanted mm-hmm. it on the front of the deck. Mm-hmm. So the JBC KD-G510 has that. And so I bought it as 159 bucks installed. That's a really good deal. That's that installed. That's a good price, yeah. Um, and uh, I was quite pleased with that purchase. Mm-hmm. And uh, so now I can plug my iPod directly from the headphone jack into the car stereo. And the sound mm-hmm. quality is absolutely fantastic. I mean, it's... <clears throat> it's I, it's it's not CD quality, obviously, because we're talking about MP3s. But right. it sounds really, really good. But I didn't stop there. Mm. What I did, you know the uh, the dock that comes with the iPod. Sure, you've got yours sitting right there. I can see yep. it from here. On the back of that little dock has the fire or the uh, iPod connection, mm-hmm. and it also has an audio out port there. Right. It's the same as the headphone jack, mm-hmm. basically. Although if you use that jack. Uh, and you turn up the volume on your iPod, it doesn't do anything. Mm. It's just directly aligned out from the iPod. Yeah. So I put that on my dash. Well, not on the dash, the center console. I plugged in the, let me look at the name, the PowerPod from Griffin Technologies mm-hmm. that plugs into my cigarette lighter and then back into the iPod dock. Mm-hmm. That way, anytime my iPod is on that dock, it's charging it. Right. I also plugged in um, the... Uh, the audio out jack on the back of the dock mm-hmm. directly into the front of the JVC. Mm-hmm. So now, not only is my iPod powered while I'm in the car, it's directly connected to the stereo, so the sound quality is fantastic. All that's well and good, but how am I going to control the iPod as I'm driving down the street? Obviously, I don't want to be taking my eyes off the road to look down by my gear shifter to hit next or volume yeah. up, volume... You know, I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, there's times I don't want to hear the song I just want to go to the next song what I did was I hooked up the uh, I'm looking at my notes here Yeah. the Griffin again Griffin Technologies Yeah. Uh, Griffin Technologies air click it plugs into the top of your iPod uh, mm-hmm. and it allows a remote control to be used with your iPod Right. and I took the tiny little remote control and I velcroed it to my steering wheel not where it's going to interfere with my actual driving but where it's quickly, I can reach it with my thumb. Mm-hmm. So now I can, I'm driving down the street. My iPod is playing. I can go to the next track, the previous track. I can volume up or down. Technically, I can't because it's plugged into the back of the dock. Yeah. Although, if I plugged <clears> into the top of the iPod headphone jack, it would work. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can also pause it or play it or hold down the pause button. It'll turn off the iPod. So I went from the FM transmitter to this setup, and it mm-hmm. works absolutely fantastic. So you figure the... Uh, Let's see the power pod that allows me to juice the iPod while I'm yep. going down the street. Two hundred forty or uh, twenty four ninety nine. Yeah, <laughs> uh, a mini plug <laughs> adapter if four you bucks. have to buy one four bucks or so. Mm-hmm. The AirClick thirty nine ninety nine, mm-hmm. and uh, the car stereo was one hundred fifty nine ninety nine. So, you know, you're talking less than two hundred fifty bucks if you already own a second or third gen- generation iPod, mm-hmm. and providing you have the dock. Yeah, and you've got really really good car audio via iPod in your car. Yep. And I can say <coughs> excuse me, I've been using it now for two days 
I'm using my iPod in my car much more than I ever did before. Mm-hmm. It sounds so good, and it's so convenient with the remote control from Griffin Technologies. The, the, right. What is it called again? The AirClick. Mm-hmm. That that really that takes it to the next level, because I can literally I I set up the a lot of times I'll just play you know every song, yeah. but a lot of times I'll set up my own playlist. This is what I want to listen to. But if I don't want to particularly hear that song, boom, just I don't even have to look at the remote. I know right where that button is on the remote. It's mm-hmm. right next to my thumb as I'm driving. I don't even take my eyes off the road. Boom, I'm onto the next tune mm. in uh, on my iPod. It's just it's fantastic. And uh, I, again, we've talked about this before. I wish there was a system where I could take my iPod and just like slide it into, and it would like an old eight track. Yeah. But it, and it, it would just suck my iPod right into it. Zzz, little motorized mm-hmm. thing and click down and. And then the head unit is the iPod itself. Yeah. That would be ideal. But until that is here, and I mean truly here, not adapting mm-hmm. kits and yeah. you know the the monster cable thing that will plug into your factory and it just mm-hmm. does all that. I know Tad Sheeler has one that takes the place of the CD changer, and he can do some of the stuff from his deck. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I like the solution that I'm using, and yeah. it works real well for me. So if people are looking to upgrade their car stereo to work with an iPod. Those are the things that I used and it worked real good. The Griffin AirClick 39.99, the Griffin PowerPod 24.99, the JVC KDG 510. I have seen them online for 129 as well. Mm-hmm. Um and it's, it you know, if you know how to install a car stereo and you're comfortable with it, it might be worth saving a little bit of money. Yeah. Um but there you go. That's cool. That's cool. It's 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 a neat little thing to to listen to. Yeah. Um, and it's a good way to bring your music with you. Obviously, I I don't know if it would work with a iPod Shuffle or not. Uh, there is a Shuffle deck, a dock, but mm-hmm. I don't think it has the audio out in it. Yeah. So I don't really think there's a way to connect a iPod Shuffle to a car stereo quite as easily. Nope. So we're gonna end the podcast and uh, play one more game of Ridge Racer before I have to head home. Yep. And uh. <laughs> Anything else you want to go over before we get out no, of here? No, I think that about covers it. Yeah, uh, just make sure I don't mention that Maxim Pods. Mm. Yeah, don't talk about Maxim Pods. I, I don't want to talk about that. Yeah, we don't even know That's free advertising. And yep. Can't do it. So, that's our show. All right, thanks for listening. Uh, one more thing. Ramjet. Jet. Ah. <laughs> Sorry, Ramjet. Uh, one of our sponsors, obviously, is Ramjet.com. If you mm-hmm. guys are looking for a hard drive, memory, they got all kinds of stuff over there. Go to Ramjet.com. And uh, check out prices. You're going to be impressed with their prices and their quality of their products. Thanks for sponsoring our podcast to Small Dog and Ramjet. Thank you, Adobe Systems. Thank you, thank you for the great prize. Congratulations to George. Yep. And we'll see everybody next week. See ya. Thanks for downloading the MyMac.com podcast. You can subscribe to this podcast at our RSS feed at MyMac.com or by visiting the iTunes Music Store's podcast section. Please send all feedback to MyMacPodcast at gmail.com. And thanks for listening to the MyMac.com podcast.